I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Good morning, Angela E. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Thursday. Yes, it's Thursday. Good morning. What's happening? How y'all feeling? I'm blessed, black, and highly favored, man. Life is good. Feeling good. Okay. We're here. We're breathing. We're above ground. You know what I mean? We woke up alive. Some people woke up dead this morning. You know what I mean? That is a fact. That well, is a fact. a fact. No, I mean, people. some sort of people didn't wake up this morning. I'm sure. That's a fact. Well, I, I said some people woke up dead. I don't know if you wake up dead. Oh, well, you can't oh, wake God, up I don't dead. know if you wake up somewhere and be like, oh, my God. I'm dead? No, I don't I'm know dead. if that, I don't, I don't know if that happens. No, Maybe. It's possible. Well, uh, you know, uh, ever since, I don't know if this happened to a lot of people, but ever since the pandemic, I've... Uh, I, I guess I found out that I have allergies, uh, which is weird because oh, I've never man. had allergies all my life. But after the pandemic, I had allergies. So yesterday they did a test where they stuck this. It's like a two foot. I would say it felt like two feet, but maybe a foot tube up my nose. Okay. Oh, my goodness. So you got you mm. got holes that can take a lot all over your body. Is, huh? is that all you got out of it? Um, No, what you're saying is true, though. 
you know, and it's not just allergies, like different types of congestions yes. and all kind of stuff. It's so many, like all, all my kids on so many different breathing treatments, you know, like oh, it's so much going on out here. Yeah, they, they said I have polyps in my nose, which uh, make it uh, very nasally. And that I have. Oh, to, that's why you said you kept snoring. Yeah, that's yeah. That's also why I was snoring, and it's just, and, and and my snoring has been the last, I guess, couple of years. And they said that's what they've been seeing, you know, from the pandemic and from COVID. They've been seeing a lot of uh, nasal problems and, and people having problems. Now, mind you, not go what I've never got COVID that I know of, but he's they were saying because of that, that's part of some of the reasons. So I have to take this uh, medicine that's supposed to, I guess, uh, you know. Not well. It doesn't get rid of the polyps, but it. it I guess it makes it smaller, so I can breathe easier. And if that doesn't work, then they have to do surgery to take the I polyps wonder, off. Hmm? I wonder how much of that is COVID. How much of that is the vaccine? Like, 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 what is it exactly? They, they don't That's know. Causing all these side effects. And you're right. Disaster effects. It, it could be the vaccine. It could be a, a host of everything. But I've never been allergic to anything. I've never had allergies. I've never had any of that. So the fact that I have it now is just very weird to me. At you know, I had allergies old. growing up, and I don't have them anymore. Really? So for you, it went the other way. No, so I know. So bad. But but there's certain things like dust. I don't know if that's an app, but I can't have, like, if some place is really, really dusty, like, say you're doing construction, um, that might make me sneeze. Mm-hmm. And then I think, um, I think that's most certain animals. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. but I don't know if that's an, that's why I said I don't know if that's allergies or if that's No, I don't think everyone. that's allergies. Because you know how some people would be dust. like, I'm allergic to dust? Oh, okay. Yeah, but. I, I, they're just saying that there's a lot of people that's having a lot of problems ever since the pandemic. Like you said, they don't know if it's if it's due to COVID, if it's the vaccine, if it's they don't know what it is. But uh, they, they're seeing a, a high rate of people coming in and dealing with these problems. Lord have mercy. But anyway, we just, just out here, man. We just out here. That's why I said you just got to take it one ghetto day at a time, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate life while we got it. Cause I don't know what the hell's happening no more. I'm just enjoying the ride. All right. Well, Tory Lanez will be joining us this morning. He has a new album. Sorry for what? That comes out uh, tomorrow, so we'll be kicking it with Tory Lanez. Uh, I know people are, are looking for him to talk about a whole lot of things, but I don't think that he can. I think he's still in court, so I don't think he could, you know, can talk about majority yeah, he got a of child. it. He's, he got a child coming up. There's investigations going on. Yeah, so but we're gonna kick it I, with yeah, him. I, I missed that. I missed the. I missed that conversation. Yeah, I mean, it, it is true. He does have all those things come up. That's why people will be wondering, you know, why at a certain point there was so much out over social media. Like, I mean. The, the, the judge had to stop him from talking. Yeah, over social media. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he so he definitely can't speak. But we're gonna ask him. We're gonna see what he will talk about this morning and uh, have a conversation with him. And then we got front page news. What we talking about? Man, Hurricane Ian had touched down in Florida, and if y'all saw some of these videos and pictures I and did. everything, it was pretty bad. Yeah, horrible. All right, we'll get to it next. It's the breakfast. Club. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the the two hundred percenters. Here, we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that. This is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture 
culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Is he breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy 
and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, congratulations to uh, Yankees hitter Aaron Judge. He hit his 61st home run. Now, he ties the uh, American League home run record. All right? That record was set in 1961. So, uh, you know, everybody's been going to the games trying to catch this ball because if they do catch the ball, that ball could be worth a couple of hundred thousand dollars. But where he hit the ball, nobody could get it. So uh, he gets that ball. So the next he ball. He did that on purpose. The next, he ain't, yeah, right. He didn't say, okay, I'm going to aim it in this pot. But uh, the next one is the 62nd home run, which everybody will be trying to get. Because that'll be beating the record. And that'll probably if be worth If I was Aaron Judge, I'd be telling people, I got 61 home runs without steroids, without the asterisk. I'd be making announcements say that. You know what I mean? I got 61 home runs all natural, no BBLs. That's what I would be saying. Well, a guy that got 61 home runs, Roger Maris, uh, the what record he just tied, we don't know if he had steroids or not because that was 1961, bro. So even though he says oh, that. So, oh, but, they, but they don't count. That's what I'm saying. They don't count the uh, Mark McGuire's of the world. And Barry, and Barry Bonds. Bonds yeah, this world, The Sammy Sosa's. All of those guys got asterisks. But they, they, they had over... 60. Yeah, but that's 61. National League. It's National League and American League. So it's like East and West. No I'm trying to explain it to you. Oh. That's like National League. So you know you have the East Coast teams or the West Coast teams or the AFC and the NFC. It's, uh-huh. This is the National League. He, he beat the American. He tied the American League record because the National League record, you know, Barry Bonds and them boys was hitting up like 71 home yeah, runs. Yeah, Barry Bonds had 73. Yeah, 73 home runs. So two different sides. But what else we got, Easy? All right, well, Hurricane Ian touched down in Florida, and they are already calling this a life-changing event. They said they've been inundated with calls, 911 call centers, and, uh, you know, apparently the storm flooded roads and homes. Trees were uprooted. Cars were sent floating in the streets. Mm-hmm. Nearly 2.5 million homes and businesses are without power as of today. And authorities were reporting heavy rain and flooding in the Orlando metro area where 8 to 12 inches of rain had already fallen and up to four more inches of rain was expected. And it has weakened to a Category 1 hurricane and it's crawling across central Florida. It's heading toward the East Coast, dumping heavy rains on low-lying areas. I saw there were all kinds, there were sharks in the street. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, all kinds of things happening, but it was record high storm surges from Hurricane Ian up to 12 feet in some places, while multiple areas like Fort Myers and Naples and Punta Gorda were facing record high storm surges of 12 to 16 feet. Uh, Hurricane warnings and tornado watches do continue. The storm is moving northeast and hurricane warnings um, at a stretch of Florida's west coast, west coast north of Bonita Beach also. So the state, uh, the storm is expected to leave Florida and move into the Atlantic Ocean today. So governors in Georgia, Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina have already declared a state of emergency. Yeah, Hurricane Ian messed up all my weekend plans. Like uh, South Carolina State versus the University of South Carolina was supposed to be this weekend, but they moved that game up to today. Mm. Yeah, Fort Myers, 96% of the city is without power. Wow. And there's people who have lost their homes People have lost their vehicles. People are trapped in their homes. People are worried about their neighbors who didn't evacuate. Uh, one couple in Fort Myers said they were trapped in their home when the ceiling caved in and water started gushing inside. Wow. Damn. 
Mm-mm. Prayers up for them, man. Absolutely. Lord have mercy. Wonder when do they start? Uh, start like the 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 process of like helping people. Is that immediately or not if the storms moved? Uh, well, they've already been sending people the down there. Passes all the way through. Like, no, nah, they've been already sending people out there. I know they had a, a I think a bus or a, a plane leaving this morning to to go to uh, Florida from New Jersey and New York. People, first responders going to help and you know try to make sure that people are okay. So I know they're starting gotcha. to travel down there already. Mm-hmm. Man. All right. And, you know, it is a state of emergency, so they do have the resources and money uh, in advance planning to make sure that people can get help. But they said in some places, emergency crews couldn't even go out yet Yeah, because it's too dangerous. All right. Well, that is your front page news, man. You know what? And uh, we got to send a rest in peace to Coolio. Coolio uh, passed away yesterday. You know, Coolio. You're too young to die, man. 59 years old. God bless that brother. Yeah, fantastic voyage. This is it right here, right? Yeah. Gangsta's Paradise. Gangsta's Paradise. Turn up a little bit. He was 59 years old. A lot of people were paying respect online. Michelle Pfeiffer, who starred in that movie, Gangsta's Paradise, back in 1995. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paid her respect. I saw Snoop Dogg paid his respect. MC Hammer. Right. A, a lot of people. They said the cause of his death has not been confirmed. But uh, he was found unresponsive on the bathroom floor of a friend's house in L.A. All right. Well, we'll play Gangsta's Paradise. Let's let it rock for a second. And get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Come on. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year. And what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, 
Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always gonna have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. I'm Dallin. I'm Dallin. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, guys. This is Mickey Like the Mouse. Hey, Mickey Like Mickey the Mouse. Mickey Like the Mouse. Call her from Florida. Talk to us, Mickey Like the Mouse. How's it going? What's going on? How okay. you feeling? How's everything? Talk to us. So, listen. Power went out at about 1.30 last night. Mm-hmm. And so, I was like, all right. That's not a problem. Like I said, I'm in Central Florida. Our flooding is not that bad. So honestly, I'm just thankful. I think we're 
might get the back end of the storm. We have family out in Fort Myers. I've got friends out in Tampa. I've already gotten word that um, got a friend in Tampa who's suffering some roof damage. And then I haven't even gotten a chance to actually get in contact with my people in Fort Myers yet. But I know one of them is really on top of the family. So I'm pretty sure she got everybody where they needed to go. Otherwise than that, we're safe. I'm, you know, thankful. No flooding, no issues. Like I said, we just in the dark right now with flashlights, but we're good. We're good. I'll take that. I, I, I take. I'll take no power I, over. Yeah, I take no power thing. over really bad home damage any day. I'm telling you, I'm just like, yeah, I wouldn't even know what to do if that happened. But I was like, let me call in and check in. Uh, you know, I've seen a couple of people on YouTube. Everybody, you know, I've been talking to people in Florida that was on YouTube. So I'm just glad that you know everybody. They are not reporting too many deaths, which is a good thing because people really did take the preparation seriously. So thank God for that. Otherwise than that, we're pretty much just holding it down until um, I think Envy was asking. Or no, Charlamagne was asking, when do they start coming out to try and fix? It's pretty much once they figure out, you know, is it safe for us to have the emergency vehicles out and, you know, the electricians out on the road. So pretty much then it's just a waiting game. Just like if it was any other bad thunderstorm, you just have to wait. And so it's safe for them to try and come out and restore power. So honestly, I'm just thankful for that. Like I said, I got no flooding. I've got no damage. I still got rain and wind. But as far as everybody in my household, we are good. We are safe. Just Amen. no power. That's, now, now, that's now, a now, 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 I hope your daughter ain't expecting y'all to do nothing tomorrow for her birthday now. Hey, listen. Um, she's still talking to her. I was like, girl, um, do you not realize <laughs> when we about to be rained out, there's like, I just saw the news. They're shutting down like the hospital. I'm like, girl. We finna hunker in. You finna eat these little tasty cakes. I'll put a candle on top of them tasty cakes uh-huh. and say you happy birthday, my dog. But that's well, not it. Well, you call tomorrow. We sing happy birthday to her. Okay, cool beans. We'll do. We'll hey. do this again tomorrow. Thank you guys that's so right. much, Charlamagne, Angelique, and DJ Envy. Thank you, Mickey. All right, Thank Mickey. you. Like the mouse. We're so glad Mickey's okay and her family's good. Hello, who's this? Keisha. Keisha, what's up? Get it off your chest. All right. Listen, so I just dropped my boyfriend off to work, and he only had, like, six cigarettes left in his pack. I ain't had no cigarettes, so, but I'm off today, and I figured he was going to at least leave me, like, two, maybe three cigarettes, you know what I'm saying? Because yesterday, you know, I had four cigarettes, and I gave him half of my pack. So I'm like, yo, like, you know what I'm saying? You know, I don't got none. Let me get, like, two, at least Keisha, two or three. You know, Keisha, Keisha, Keisha. Keisha, it's the most ghetto love story I've ever heard in my life. Charlemagne, this is the most Bronx, ghetto Bronx of Florida, Charlemagne, Bronx of Florida. This is uh, this is the Bronx. Where you from, Keisha? I'm from Delaware. Damn, Damn same thing. <laughs> same thing. This is the most ghetto love story I've ever heard in my life. This, is, I feel like this God way of telling both of y'all, neither one of y'all need to be smoking cigarettes. Keisha, no, I'm trying to quit, but damn, like cigarettes are expensive. He could have left me too. No. Yes. <laughs> you ain't got to work you, today, Keisha. He does. He I at think work. both of y'all are nasty. You could go I get think, your cigarettes. No, don't encourage her to get cigarettes. I think cigarettes are no disgusting. More. They are. Cigarettes they are, are disgusting. Okay, they come with a warning label for a reason. She's like, I know. They're disgusting. I be stressed and I'm trying to quit. Listen, I just wish that he had just gave me two. Now I got to go buy some. Oh, my God. And $10 a pack. Gas is already high. I mean, Damn. Why don't you get some nicotine Man. gum? Go get some nicorette. And most people that have addictions to cigarettes yeah, is really just an oral fixation. They just like stuff in their mouth. <laughs> it's 
If he was off, I'd probably have it in there. But he worked All right, it. Keisha. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Damn, Get it Keisha. off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. The Black Power 1051. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? What's up, Envy? Hey, what's up, Trav? What's up, Yeezy? Hey, Trav. What's up, Charlamagne? How are you? Peace, sis. How are you? Are you still cheekless? Did you ever get those little beige cheeks that you're old in these streets? Char, you know, I'm actually heated this morning, Char. Oh, boy. Talk to me. I'm actually heated. Yee. Let me tell you about, yes. y'all was talking about the uh-huh. B-word the other day. Y'all didn't name the biggest B-word. And Sean Stone, he's a bitch. Because he keeps oh, talking no. about me. He keep writing about me. He just keep calling me fruity. He keep talking about he don't go that way. Y'all going to y'all breakfast club. He just keep writing about me. Writing he's about you bitch. where? Like he's writing about me on the breakfast club page. And then he's writing about me. This is always, this is, oh, oh, oh. Told me I have say? AIDS. I didn't I see it. My DMs and what? Man, I had AIDS. Yeah, man, I got AIDS and I was going to die, bro. Like, he, oh, that's disrespectful. He be wishing fake pieces and blessings. He's a bitch. Oh, I didn't know all that. I, yeah, I don't like that. That's that. disrespectful. But no, I mean, it's fine though, bro. Because uh, you know, I, I got, I'm about to call into my family's prayer line that we have every Thursday, and I'm gonna pray for that man. <laughs> yeah, pray for I'm him. Pray for that man. All right. He's still a bitch though. All right, I thought Trav was calling about what envios him, but no, he must have got it. He, he must have got paid. <laughs> I didn't get paid. I didn't get paid yet. No, I'm gonna I don't know. Didn't settle that, that debt. That was a little subtle <laughs> giggle you did just now. Like, your, your Envy said, don't tell nobody. Yeah, goodbye, man. <laughs> goodbye, Trav. Leave Envy alone. Bye. Ooh, Envy paid off his debt. Ooh. Shut up, man. Hello, who's this? Hey, it's William. Good morning. Hey, William. Good morning. Hey, I want to get it off my chest. I get married this weekend to my queen. Hey. I love married? Baby. I'm so excited. Well, congratulations. congratulations. Put it on. Hey, make uh, him want to marry me. Yeah. <laughs> But I want to say, DJ Envy, we read your book. I don't want to give up too much, but the 25 questions that you have in your book, yes. we applied it to our relationship, and everything is going fabulous. Um, Charlemagne, I read Black Privilege, loved it, brother. It changed my life. Thank you, uh, Angela, Angela Lee, uh, congratulations on your new journey. I love you Thank guys. You. Y'all have a blessed day. And thank, thank you, brother. Congratulations to you. Really thank appreciate congratulations it. Congratulations to you on your new journey. That's right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. Now we got rumors on the way. Yes, and let's talk about a person of interest in PNB Rock's murder. Authorities are saying he is armed and dangerous as they are currently seeking information on where he is, but we'll tell you who did get arrested. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth 
issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On the Breakfast Club. So listen up. Nah, 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 nah. All right, a 17-year-old boy and his stepmother have been arrested, and that is in connection with the murder of P&B Rock. He was fatally shot earlier in the month at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles in South Los Angeles. Now, there's a third suspect who remains at large, and they said he is armed and dangerous. That adult male suspect is Freddie Lee Trone, and he's the father of the 17-year-old who is in custody. The 17-year-old who was arrested was booked on suspicion of murder, and his stepmother was identified as 32-year-old Chantel Trone. She was taken into custody and booked on suspicion of being an accessory to murder. So according to the LAPD, a suspect entered the restaurant and approached the rapper as he was having lunch with his girlfriend, who had already posted a picture of their food and their location on Instagram, and the gunman shot him and stole some of his property and also demanded property from the girlfriend before taking off in a getaway car. So anybody with information on Trone's whereabouts, it's urged to call the LAPD homicide detectives at 323-786-5146. Now they said this situation couldn't get any sad of man. No, nah, this is it's, Yeah, they said they were in the parking they lot. They said they were in the parking lot. Just saw PNB Rock go inside, and so it wasn't due to whatever posting, was posted so, on Instagram. Right, so the posting mm-hmm. and the geo tags that everybody's been talking about had nothing to do with it. Uh, well, we well, still shouldn't do sense. it, but, that's, you know. We, that's common sense, though. We said that from day one. Like, people act like, I'm telling you, everybody acts like the internet is the end-all, be-all, as if places don't exist. Like, you can't get out of a car and somebody could just simply see you. Yeah, but, you know, people, and, and it's, it's this the smallest part of it, but people are always, when they report the story, they say they posted where they were. But if that had nothing to do with the story, why do we keep saying it? Like, why do we keep bringing it up? And, and more importantly, man, how much do you hate yourself that you would put your son in this position? Like, right. You, you suppo- you're supposed right. to be raising your kids to win the battles that you lost. This dude took his son and put him right on the front lines of that battle with dysfunction. And for what? Some right. damn chains? The whole like, family, this is though. Proof that age. Wow. This is proof that age does not guarantee wisdom because when you know better, you're supposed to do better. This Correct. father clearly never got to the point where he knew any better. This is this is like yeah. this is disturbing on so many levels, man. It's like you know how many levels of failure had to happen in that family for it to get to this? Like we talk about breaking generational curses and wanting to have more to pass on yeah. to our kids and trauma. This brother failed that test miserably. Yeah, I could I can't even imagine me or my dad saying, "Hey, you go get that Come right on, fast." That just seems crazy. You put your son in the in the front line because you don't know if 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 PNB had a, a pistol, he could have shot back and killed. Just like why? like it doesn't make sense. And that's why everybody not fit to lead. Like just because you're a man 
doesn't mean you absolutely should be the head of the household because this man ruined his whole household, his whole family for with one poor choice. For a piece of jewelry, for a chain. Oh All right. Um, NBA young boy, he had another baby. So congratulations to him. Yesterday he shared a photo of himself holding and feeding his newborn baby. And he already has a daughter with his fiance, Jazlyn. So congratulations to the two of them. That's his 10th. I saw that uh, Nick Cannon was trending. Who has more <laughs> babies, him or Nick? I think um, Nick Cannon has nine, but he's expecting his 10th and 11th. Mm. So, yes, yeah, so NBA young boy, um, another baby. All right, now 50 Cent has debuted his official trailer for the Hip Hop Homicide series that he is doing on the WeTV. It's going to be coming out on November 3rd, and Van Lathan is hosting it. And so here is that trailer. As of 2022, there's been a staggering number of rappers who've been murdered, and more than half of those cases are unsolved. How many times do we have to see this in hip-hop? If pop stars were being killed at this rate, there would be an uproar about it. They'd be at war. I'm your host, Van Lake, and together with executive producer 50 Cent, we're here to bring these cases into the light. I was with him. I could see everything. My daddy was a known gangster in the city. We're here to find the truth. These guys are rappers. They're number one targets. They're dying while living their dreams. That's what happens when you mix street with music. Salute to my guy, right, Van Lathan. So Salute to 50 Cent and Mona Sky Young. They the EPs on that project. So the clip That's opens it. with a montage, which includes Tentacion, Pop Smoke, King Von, and other rappers who have mm-hmm. passed away tragically. Yeah, I saw people uh, online yesterday saying that they are profiting off of trauma. And I disagree because a lot of these cases, you know, haven't been solved. Therefore, it'll bring light to a lot of situations folks may have forgot about and may lead to some arrest. And the show addresses like all the socioeconomic conditions that lead to a lot of these things happening. And, and unlike something like that Dama TV show, the families of the victims are actually, you know, involved in this show. So I can't wait to watch. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, Soldier Boy is still mad at DJ Vlad. And he does not like Vlad's recent interview with Teddy Riley. Remember, we discussed this the other day. Just to refresh y'all, here's what Vlad was asking Teddy Riley and Teddy Riley's response regarding his daughter, Nia Riley. Nia Riley, yeah, and Soldier Boy have had a lot of drama. Nia's your daughter. Yes. When you hear some of the stories, Nia claimed that Soldier Boy kicked her in the stomach while she was pregnant, put a gun in her head, uh, that type of thing. As a father, how does that affect you? Well, let me say this. Soldier Boy knows who I am, and he knows I'm deep. He knows I'm very deep. We had an altercation. I was called a lot of names and I got an apology. I'm looking for an apology for what he's done to my daughter. I'm looking for that. As a man, I'm looking for that. Well, here is what Soldier Boy had to say as he went on Instagram Live to address Vlad. He said that, uh, Vlad, by the way, he said, he, I made you Vladimir. And here's what else he had to say. Brad went and did an interview with you. Why he in jail now? Why every time Boosie do an interview with you, he getting pulled over by the police? Because you the police. Fuck shit. I'm talking about you can drop all the Teddy Riley interviews you want. You still a still the police. Come out. Stop bringing Teddy Riley into this. He ain't got shit with this DJ Vlad. Use a fuck tip. You can drop all the interviews you want with speaking on my name. I'm still a gangster, still viral. I'm still number one. Y'all still stop bringing Teddy Riley into this DJ Vlad. He ain't got shit with this. Bringing up five, six years ago. Let's talk about right now. Let's talk. Let's talk about how you getting rappers locked up. All right. Well, looks like he does have an issue with Vlad. 
All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now we got front page news. Next, what are we talking about? Man, Bishop Lamar Whitehead, two people have been charged for robbing him mid-sermon in Brooklyn. All right, we'll get to that next. And Tory Lanez will be joining us next hour, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. BET Plus presents original series, Tyler Perry's Zatima, a new chapter from the smash hit BET series, Tyler Perry's Sisters, now streaming only on BET Plus. Still don't have BET Plus? To learn more, visit BET.plus. Everybody, it's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now in sports, congratulations to Aaron Judge, the Yankee hitter. Of course, he hit his 61st home run last night. He ties uh, Roger Maris' 61-year-old record. It's an American League record, so we'll see if he'll be able to get the 62nd home run to break uh, to break the record. All right. Now Thursday night football, the Dolphins take on the Bengals at 8.15 p.m. You said it's on Prime, Amazon Prime? All right, so you can watch that on Amazon Prime. What else we got, Easy? All right, now there's an Alzheimer's drug that is showing promise in the early results of study. That'll be life-changing for a lot of people as drug, uh, drug makers are researching Alzheimer's disease. And they said that this potential treatment appeared to slow the fatal disease in a late-stage study. So it shows that uh, the decline, patient clinical decline, reduced patient clinical decline by 27% when compared to a placebo or fake drug after 18 months of this treatment. So... That's exciting for a lot of people because Alzheimer's is something that is so scary. It's like out of your control. It affects everybody around you. So hopefully they can find something that can help with Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. All right. Now let's talk about Bishop Lamar Whitehead of Leaders of Tomorrow International Ministries. If you recall, in July, uh, a crime was captured on a video live stream as he was giving a sermon. And the... The people, the people that robbed him, three people actually got away with an estimated one million dollars in jewelry in the middle of a church service. Here's what happened. Yo, yo, all right, 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 all right, right, yo, all right, all right. All right, so that was during the live stream when the robbers came in and robbed the bishop. Well, now two men have been arrested, Jawan Anderson and Saquon Pollock. They're both 23 years old. They were arrested by a joint task force of the NYPD and the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. They each were charged in federal court with one count of using force or fear to commit a robbery and one count of conspiracy. They were also charged with one count of possessing and brandishing a firearm and a crime of violence. They both pleaded not guilty in court in Brooklyn yesterday. The pastor was there as well, Bishop Lamar Whitehead, uh, watching the proceedings. And so there's a third defendant that does remain at large, according to prosecutors, and he was not named yesterday. That's good. I mean, they earned that. Like, you shouldn't be robbing people, period, but you do it on a Sunday morning in a church. You deserve everything that comes with that. And and what are the people uh, who are saying it was a hoax saying now? What are they saying? Yes. I saw people still saying, "How did I guess? How much he, did he pay them to to do this?" And oh blah blah God. blah. I know people are still trying to to run with that. And Bishop Lamar Whitehead, on his behalf, you know, he said he should be able to dress the way that he wants to dress. He said, "What about the Pope? There's no talk about the things that he wears at all." But me, as an African American young man, I'm ridiculed. 
Now the Pope don't be fresh. What is the Pope wear? I was about to say. Yeah, what is the Pope wear? I never see the Pope with Gucci. Now, Bishop, that wasn't a good defense. Now, the Pope don't be fresh now. Pope ain't got no Roly? Don't stop. Don't do that. But but what does it say that people don't believe anything they see anymore? Is that one of the dangers of social media? Because if we don't believe these heinous crimes we see online, how will we ever move to really correct them? We'll be desensitized to everything if we don't believe nothing. I think people like to make jokes, too. And I feel like when the news came out, people were leaving comments trying to be funny. You know how it is. People don't take anything seriously. Everything's a joke. Yeah, it's and all so, fun and games. It's all fun and games until you on the other uh, on, on the you, other yeah. end of that gun. Yeah. Yeah. When when it's you in that position getting robbed, it's all fun and games. Mm-hmm. I just, I just think all that right, you know, it makes it makes it makes it being that people don't believe these things when they see them, it just makes us desensitized to everything, and that's that's whack because we'll never really move to correct nothing. Yeah, and and imagine how that affects people who are actually having something terrible happen to them, and everybody's making jokes online. You know how yeah, that makes a person or, or feel. the bishop. Too. How did, how did that affect the bishop? I'm sure the bishop is like, yeah. finally, I got some justice. But damn, y'all still don't believe me. All right, now Peter is calling for women to go on a sex strike against men who eat meat. Oh, they stop. want a sex ban to be placed on those men, and they said that devouring sausages and schnitzels is a symptom of toxic masculinity, and it's killing the planet. So they want women to go on a sex strike to save the world, and I'm sure some men too, by the way. That's a story. So, yeah, it's a, it's real, a real story. story? Oh. Angry. Yeah. Angrid, Angrid Newkirk, the CEO of PETA, <laughs> you need to come back up to the Breakfast Club. Stop this. Stop this nonsense you speak of. <laughs> okay. What now, vegan men get more matches on dating apps because compassion is attractive. And also, artery-clogging meat increases the risk of erectile dysfunction. And every meaty meal is throwing us closer to an environmental catastrophe. There's absolutely nothing sexy about it. What if we stop calling penis meat? What if we stop saying our meats and we or start sausage. calling it like celery or, or, or like a carrot? Like what, what if we call our penis something plant-based? Are we really having this conversation this morning? Mm. Yeah, like dip that celery in the blue cheese. There you go. Let me dip my celery in your blue cheese. That's what I'm talking about. See, that's that's what we need to do. Would that make it more uh, safe for Peter? Can for you Peter still be, be a okay munch, though? That? If it's celery, is it still a munch? Yes, you still munch you on munch celery. munch on that. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. That's why they call it tossing salad. Whoa. See, that's what we need to do. We need to make Whoa. all these sexual terms plant-based. Tossing salad was just the first of its kind. We need to make all of them plant-based. Like you just said, put dip the celery in the blue cheese. Toss the salad. We got to come up with more terms like that to make Peter, uh, you know, feel Happy. comfortable. Mm. Yes. Yes. Right. The eggplant challenge. That was a big there deal. There you go. The that's what I see. Emoji. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. It doesn't come off that the right same. Here. Like you say, give it his meat. You give it his celery. No, I like I Give like it carrot. I, no, no, I like the eggplant challenge. I like dip the celery in the blue mm-hmm. cheese. You envy, you know you love tossing like? salad. Huh? <laughs> so I think I think that I think that could make Peter comfortable. What else? Yeah, Come on. I want, I want everybody out there thinking about this. All the listeners, everybody, think about how we can make all of these sexual colloquialisms, these sexual terms more plant-based, more plant-like for yeah. veggie friendly. Carrots we and hummus, maybe. Give me those melons. Yes. Yeah, see, now y'all talking. Now y'all talking. Let's we got Ingrid, Ingrid Newkirk, the CEO of PETA, we're doing this for you. Okay? We're gonna make all of these sexual terms more vegan like or veggie like or whatever. And the hell let's it be is. clear, Plant-based. people who eat a lot of vegetables and fruits taste way better than people who see? don't. See? 
What are we doing, them guys? This, what are we doing? Like, we're this helping Pete out. We're, oh trying to make, we're trying to be progressive. We're making the world more friendly, okay? I don't want Peter out here banning sex, not wanting people to get meat. She's taking the terms too literally. Mm-hmm. Whatever. All right. Well, that yeah. is your front page news. Goodness gracious. <laughs> when we come back, Tori. He wants to move on and have some sausage. Tori Lanes will be joining us. He wants his salad tossed. We're going to kick it with Tori when we come back. <laughs> What's wrong with y'all this morning? It's Thursday, guys. Come on. Grow up. It's one day to freaky, freaky, freaky Friday. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. The Black Power 1051. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Our audible pick of the day is Monsters and How to Tame Them. Hear Kevin Hart's hilarious and smart advice on low self-esteem. Start listening when you sign up for a free 30-day trial at the home of storytelling. Audible.com slash breakfast club. You're checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Album out this Friday, Tory Lanez. What's up, sir? How you doing? You tired? Nah, I'm tired. But I I'm, seen your tweet. But I'm, <laughs> I got I got to sleep in three hours. I have to do the Breakfast Club in the morning. Yeah, that was about three hours ago. I was at Starless. No, you was out. out I think it's a tradition that every time I come here, I go to Starless Starless first, and then come here. So I just had to do that. Yeah. Now, sorry for what? Now that, that your new album. First of all, are you are you signed to a major or are you independent? Or no, I'm independent, fully independent. And that's how you want it. Yeah, for sure. I've always wanted to be independent and, um, you know, be able to touch the money that the labels touch. Now, recently, uh, you got into an alleged altercation with an R&B artist, August Alcina. Look, man, I'm, I'm here to just answer about the album. We seen yeah. the video. <laughs> I've been putting his hand out. And you know well, you is there an open investigation with the LAPD? Because I saw they said they were looking into it. Again, couldn't tell you. Don't know. And don't get me wrong. I'm always here to answer all mm-hmm. the questions and stuff, but... I'm really just here just preaching positivity today. Like, you know what I'm saying? Everything that's been going on in my life and the things that's been going on around me, I just try to keep positive. Just yeah, one last man. question. Now, we seen that <laughs> you walk by each other and, and he put his hand out. Did, y'all, did you ever know that y'all had a problem? Because I'm, I'm sure if y'all, if you knew there was a disagreement, you wouldn't have put your hand out. No, I, I mean, just generally speaking, regardless, I, I don't have a problem with anybody. And I wrote for him before. This, this, we, you know. It's not one of those. Oh, so you pen stuff for for his projects and for stuff sure. like that. Well, for uh, Meek and uh, August, the record they did, I did that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, that's probably why, because I guess he had an issue with the freestyle that you did talking about the situation. Again, and sometimes I, I like I like I like how we're doing this, but like I said, I'm here to talk about the album. You know, you've been through a lot, like you said recently, yeah. and now you're trying to do all positivity. But do you ever feel like if there were people that were not in your corner, then are you forgiving of that? As you know, as time passes, the thing about it is, it's like I can never be upset about someone's opinion. Whatever they thought at the time was just whatever they were feeling at the time, and I know that a lot of people's opinions have changed up and down about me. And you know, it's not of me to, to be a judge or to be God or to be playing God's role in judging people. I forgive everybody. You know, I don't forget, but I forgive. So you could work with somebody who might have said something negative about of you. Of course, I'm about this money. You know, what I'm saying like I'm about getting to the money. I'm about get into the business. I don't hold negative feelings about anything anybody said about me. Like I said, I don't forget that you said it, but to not forgive you is just bitter. And I, I'm not a you know bitter hearted person. When it came to it, you know, you had people picking sides or whatever and not knowing the real of what happened, right? And some of these people you were friends with, you know what I mean? Of course. How does that affect your relationship moving on when it comes to it? The way it's painted in the media, you know, they would have you thinking that nobody f***s with me. But like, I, I talked to everybody that I've, spoke to before you know and even throughout this 
there was moments when it was a little bit more like crucial to go out in public and do certain things because you know and it wasn't that people had an issue with me it's just people didn't want a backlash coming from something that you know they weren't involved in or whatever the case is and I think that just for me like I've always been a guy that's been good at assessing the situation and mm -hmm. kind of seeing like you know who moves a certain way and like I said it, it all falls down to this it's like I forgive but I don't forget and how did you not fold right and everybody can say oh I'm not a fold I'm strong I'm not I'm gonna stand 10 feet down but that's that's bull when it comes no, to most things right <laughs> and the reason I say that is because they you know tried to ban you DJs from playing your records and I and, and who knows who they is but you know they tried to make sure that your record wasn't spinning on radio they tried to ban you from clubs mm -hmm. and venues and performances so how do you not fold when all that's going into play I mean because it was a time when <laughs> he was not with Tory Lane they was not going to play your records yeah, and it was that little I mean, time but you you never I'll, buckle I always kind of felt like the world didn't me before that so it's like it's never affected me but I, I will take you into my world for a split second right mm -hmm. you know when you do something up oh, before or, you do that you can't say the world and you right pandemic no time. I don't mean I don't I don't like pandemic, yeah, I don't mean like something in the pandemic that the world of course of course but, that time. yeah definitely I mean that was two three months which was which was amazing like you feel me but I'm just saying like just in the overall like you know when like you have a day that something happens on the internet and like you said, you know, a bunch of people will start making memes and laughing and da 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 and you feel like, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. Mm -hmm. You gotta understand, like I've I've learned to live over there. Like a million people that are hating on you or whatever. Imagine that for two and a half, three years straight. And it's like you get to a point where it's like it's kind of normal for me. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I know artists are always like, yo, I'm not scared of the comments are I, I love my haters I, 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 I. they see three four five ten comments saying the same thing you look at it and you're like damn like as an artist I need to pay attention to whatever it's like if you post a picture right now mm -hmm. and you got two thousand comments but 20 of those comments that are like back to back happen to be like yo envy your nose is big as shit, bro mm -hmm. you might look in the mirror and be like yo is my nose really really big as shit? let mm -hmm. me see but sure. <laughs> but over a period of time, a million people telling you this every single day, you start to be like, well, if my nose is big, so be it. I'm not tripping on that. You know, you start to accept whatever flaws that people are trying to pick and nitpick at you. And then it gets to this point where you really actually don't care about like the hatred or whatever the case is. I kind of live over here. I'm not allowed to live in that place where artists live, where it's like, yo, if I just keep doing something good and you know the people are just gonna love me and da 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 it's more so like whatever I'm doing is gonna hate it regardless but <laughs> I'm gonna keep on going mm -hmm. and my mindset is so tunnel vision on that that nothing really bothers me with the new project and all your music do you feel like no matter how great the music is right it'll always get blocked out from the other stuff I mean for now while I'm in the situation that I'm in Again, I bring you into my world. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm making that's fire and knowing, like, yo, this is not getting playlisted. This is not going where, yeah, you know, it's a day. You could be like, I made but, this fire, but it'd be like, but here's, the, play. but here's the yeah. difference, right? Go ahead. Is that my, my mind and my hustle and my drive is so deep and the people around me care so much about us just popping and getting our stuff done that I don't run into situations where it's like, well, damn, this is going to slow me down. Now nah, I'm like, well, all that means is I just need to do double what the artist is doing. I need to do double the amount of volume to to reach what they're reaching because they're doing it 
through an algorithmic playlist, I'm getting these numbers now organically. So now what artists are getting from these editorial playlists, I'm actually touching organically. You got you to gotta understand, like, I got 16 point something million uh, monthly listeners on Spotify. When I'm looking at other artists, it's not even like it's like half of what I have. But it goes to show you that the volume, the dedication, the amount of times I'm going to keep striking, I'm not going to stop. And I'm going to keep making hot shit. I'm not a one-hit wonder. I'm someone who knows how to make music. So to me, it just gives me extra drive. It's like, all right, cool. I just got to work triple times the average artist. But that's never been an issue for me. It's like no matter what you put in front of me, I'm lion-hearted. All right, we got more with Tory Lanes. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Tory Lanes. You know, with, with artists now, it seems like every judge, DA, prosecutor goes through their songs to try to connect something. Do you have to be careful what you write in your song because you're like, oh, they might try to use this to say this is concerning to this, especially for somebody that doesn't know our culture? I don't really say wild shit in my music like that to that point. I'm... I'm more concerned about what I got to say on Twitter. Like, I got to, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, and that's another thing. I know, you know, time after time, there's, there's always a time when a story will come out about Tory Lanez. And then the narrative will be wild. As much as I would like to, like, love to tell y'all a narrative, I can't. I'm not allowed to. I'm in an open case. Until that's done, you're, there's going to be a couple narratives that you're just not going to get because I can't speak about them. So it's like, I don't, I don't play around or dance around those lines or try to play with those people over there it's like nah so when you see the story <laughs> like you see some of these blogs and be like well Tori said this in the song you must be concerning you must be advising to this you, you be like oh here I go again I'm gonna get in trouble for something that I ain't even do well nah I just go well there's another story I can't talk about whatever the narrative is that they're saying I gotta run with it and I gotta wait till there's a time when I can talk about it mm. so now that this album's coming out this Friday and you're kicked off the tour Hold on. I'm just joking. I want you to explain it now. <laughs> I, we're not going to get into this deep, but I was never on a tour. You did three dates. I did that was it. Two dates. Two dates. They called me for this for the third one, but we canceled. It wasn't enough money. I'm not being funny. I'm, I know I, the story. Right? And I love rock. You know what I'm saying? It's not one of those things like where I'm trying to disrespect or whatever cases, but if we're just being like honest, I do real tours. Like I, I, I really sell tickets, like for real, for real, by myself. So you did two shows. I wouldn't be on an R and B tour with a comedy thing. I just, I, I liked the way that they did it. I thought it was dope. Like yo, you do these two shows. I did it. I wasn't really contracted to do a tour. Yeah, and it was two songs each. Each. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be some Both set. Like nah, they could only afford two songs. I mean, like you gotta understand. Like, I, like if I'm gonna go for thirty. 30, 40 minutes is going to cost somebody around 150, something like that. If it's a full set, 60 minutes, going to cost you around two, two something. You, you got 40 grand for me. Like, it's going to get you two songs. So you did two songs. You <laughs> like, it's going to get you were supposed to be on the third date and you're not on that tour. You, you weren't on no, the no tour. I didn't even know that was a tour. I just thought it was a weekend that they were doing, you know, which, which again, there's always a time when there's a narrative. And like I said, I got to watch it. And be like, ah, even me, like, talking about it now, I'm not trying to wake nobody up and start something new or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I just be trying to stay out the way. Like, are there, are there ways that you feel like you should move a little differently, being that every time something happens, like, I saw the article in Madame Noir, it's like, mute Tory Lanes after the August Alcina incident. But do you feel like, okay, you know, there's this, like, aggressive 
aura that people are saying this is how Tory Lanez is. And so being nah. that you have some open cases, there's though, no what are some things? There's no aggressive aura about me. There's aggressive narratives mm-hmm. that are only told by one side. Anybody who really knows me or seen me or is around me is like one of the most gentle, nicest people in the world. And, and I say that just because like, I'm a who plays too much. Like I, I'm always laughing. I'm always joking around. I don't, I'm not a guy who's like just tough and teary. I never portray to be a gangster. I stand on business and I stand on positivity, but I stand on what's right at the end of the day. The difference is, you know, in the last two, three years is that it's not that Tory Lanez has gotten more aggressive. It's that stories come out and Tory Lanez can't explain himself no more. Mm-hmm. Tory Lanez is a very outspoken person. I'm always there to be like, nah, no, this is what happened. Stop. But I'm not allowed to do certain things. Certain things correlate to this and that. And then people that don't need to be looking into this start looking into that and this. And, and then it turns into something. I see you still got that Playboy earring on. So let me ask you I'm this. I'm still a Playboy, baby. Exactly. <laughs> then you have a song on the album right where it's called this ain't working and i'm like does tory lanes want to settle down and get married and have a bride but then you have other songs where you're like you've seen uh, a picture with some people out and about too <laughs> <laughs> but then you have other songs where you're you know just being a guy running around doing him and her and her friends and everybody else so yeah, what does tory yeah, lanes really 30 years old like can i not can, can, can i not <laughs> but i'm just saying you know it's it's 20 songs on the album so we get both of those things yeah, is you, that something that you struggle with within yourself like on one hand maybe I want to be I don't know if I'm like super great with like commitment in relationships I seen you in five pictures now five pictures with the same person it's starting to feel like it's almost a relationship <laughs> <laughs> I mean like like you know whatever if, if you got your opinion on whoever you're seeing me with but I mean like I'm just talking about in my real personal life like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that I have an issue sometimes with commitment. I mean... Why is that? It's hard to find somebody who matches my speed. You know, I'm a real, like, rock star, and sometimes, like, the things that I do are just, like, really spontaneous and da-da-da. I don't think I've found my person that's, like, exactly like me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not... Maybe I'm not supposed to be trying to find a person that's exactly like well, me. Or maybe it's supposed to be you're not like climbing to the top rafters of the, the clubs performing anymore. No, so. I am. Oh boy. Oh mm-hmm. I am. <laughs> oh, boy. oh I am. I just uh you know things 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 change. I do I I do look at, you know, certain things differently, um, just as I get older and I do see myself settling down though. Don't get it twisted. Like I'm I don't feel like I'm gonna be a, a bachelor playboy my my whole life or some wild shit like that. I know I'm, you know, eventually gonna start getting up there. And so my thing is, is like I just want to find something that that's my speed, and I think that when it happens, it'll happen. Would you define song. yourself as toxic when it comes to relationships? Nah, I'm not the toxic one. I, I don't ever feel. That's what I most feel, toxic guys say. You know what I feel like though, and all people who've been in a relationship can can relate to this in some sort of way. I feel like I have a problem with trying to fix people, and then I end up in some toxic like for trying to fix this person, like you know what I'm saying, or trying to be with a person that. I know that they just they just don't get it because someone never really told them the right way. I I I'm one of those people, and then I realize, yo, I'm in some wild. Like, shit. like give me give me an like, example you know of saying? how you would want to fix somebody. No, I just like, feel give me like an I feel like sometimes when I meet people who uh, don't have enough lo- love in their life, or they just like lonely, or like super like uh, not confident, like. I, I hate when I meet a beautiful girl who's not confident. It makes me just want to be like, yo, let me just take you out of the town and just show you who you are. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, but, then, it, it, but then you wind up hurting them all because you take them out on the town. They fall in love with the guy. 
but you're not ready to settle down. Nah, but you know what I think it is? It's, it's, I think in the process of me trying to give that extra arm of support and love or whatever it is that a lot of times people are not ready for it. Mm-hmm. And it's like the reaction to it because it's something that they never got. You know, it's like a shock to them or something like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, because usually that stems from somewhere. And if you can't work on that and someone's just trying to say, here, this is what you deserve. This is what you need. But you still don't feel that because of whatever yeah, happened. I've, I've, there's um, no way you can accept that. Like, I'm a, uh, what, what, what's the word? An empath where you feel yeah, you like what everybody, like when I talk to people, and this could just be regular people too. Like even if I see a bum on the street or if I see a homeless person on the street or something like that and they tell me, yo, they've genuinely give me a story that's like, and I just be like, damn, like I really feel for that person. And I think that that'd be my problem in relationships is that sometimes I I, I feel too deep into people's like past and I want to help them change their, you know, their outlook. But it's like that's some some things are just not of you. They're, they're for, mm-hmm you know, other people to, to kind of get over themselves, you know what I'm saying? And for, for other people to go through themselves. All right, we'll keep it locked. We got more with Tory Lanez. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Tory Lanez. Do you feel like you're underrated or you don't get the uh, amount of love and respect that you should as, a, as an artist? I think people would say I'm underrated. I rate myself 10 out of 10. As you should. You know, and I think that at the end of the day, as long as I feel that way, the realization of the world will come. There was a time when I didn't think that I was rated enough to be on The Breakfast Club, or I didn't think that I was popping enough to be here. You've been here like four times, I'm sorry. I'm saying there was a time. Mm-hmm. But before my first interview here, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I used to be watching this like, yo, when I get to that point, I'll be popping enough to do X, Y, Z. But if I ever stuck on that thought, I would have never got here. So just the thought of like being underrated to me is not, a real thing to me. I'm. I, I want to denounce that away from me. You know what I'm saying. I'm not underrated. You know, my time is gonna come when it comes, and that's just it. Now, when the baby did a song with you uh, years ago, you know, people got mad at the baby for doing the song. Mm-hmm. Then he released a song, uh, the Boogeyman, recently, and now everybody hates the baby again. What was your thoughts when he releases music and he talks about his life? Because people do it all the time. Everybody hates the baby. Well, they're upset with him for people, a, a record he released. See, and, and be messy today. Uh, like, I'm just asking some questions, that's all. I don't think everybody hates the baby. Mm-hmm. That's the way that they paint things. You know, you got to realize that there's people out here that spend money to push narratives into your face and make you feel a certain way. If I spend $10,000 on a post and I'm a major label or if I'm a major corporation and I spend $100,000 on a post, that's like, yo, this guy is wrong. Over a period of time, you're going to be brainwashed. You keep seeing that shit, you're going to think, like you said, well, everybody hates this guy. Everybody doesn't hate that guy. Everybody doesn't hate whatever person they're saying. I feel like when you go outside into the world and you see how people react with you, there's a big difference between the internet and people. Now, aside from music, what are some other things that you are uh, dipping your finances into? I don't want to fully say it, but I am definitely in the medical field now. And I think in a, in a major way that's going to affect our culture and our community just for years upon years and generations after this. How did that happen? When I was in this situation that I was in, I started looking at things like, you know, if they were to ever be able to take this from me. Well, just in case, you know what I'm saying? Just in case, let me make sure, you know, I'm being smart. I'm being an entrepreneur. And it woke up this energy in me that I've I've never experienced before. Oh, also... I'm doing this TV show too. Okay. I've been, I've been shooting this TV show. What's it about? 
it's actually based off this song that I had uh, called Pieces, and it's like a story about a girl who got raped by her uncle, mm-hmm. and um, she turns into the to like the street, and like a lot, it's just like a lot of different stories that kind of come into one as like different pieces of the story. But I just wanted to be able to do something that was dope and show off my acting skills. Cause you know I got tired of like not getting the roles mm-hmm. for some of these big films. Like I would be like auditioning for. Were you audition? Yeah, I what's, was. What's the biggest? What's the biggest role you auditioned? Nah, for? I was auditioning for big stuff. I did the. Uh, I I almost got the role for um, the, what was it King Richard, the Will the Will Smith movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what part? For the I was supposed to be the 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 aggressor, the dude who got shot up at the corner store. Okay, oh, okay they had okay. me read for his parts, and um, every time I've done it, like a uh, power. I was supposed to do uh, Joey Badass part. Okay, you know oh, he uh, does an amazing job in that. He, role. No, he does. Mm-hmm. He does an incredible job. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, but like that type of character, every time I've always like read, I've always gotten called like multiple times. You might times need to play back. a nice guy or something to change this whole narrative. You might have. I to mean, artist, <laughs> a cop maybe, maybe. Nah, artist, art. You know to what go, I'm saying? To go in there because it's like you accomplished. No, now, now you're going in front no. of people. And and you know I look at Tory Lanez. I look at things that that exact way. I'm not Tory Lanez. I don't expect no special treatment. But because of that, I always had incredible self tapes. Mm-hmm. They brought me back for that part about three times. Don't get it twisted. Which one, the uh, power one? Yeah, they brought no, me he back. Doesn't, uh, they Joey made me talk to the his... main lady and like you know what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, <laughs> like I said, I feel like my time will my time will come. You gonna see me on screen and be like, yo, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> he could have played that role too mm-hmm. but my thing is is like you know like I said like the time will come and, and, and like everything that I never got I always just taught myself how to do mm-hmm. like when they told me oh I'm not singing on your song because you're not a big enough rapper I taught myself how to sing mm-hmm. I sucked at singing before when a video guy wouldn't shoot my videos I taught myself how to shoot I taught myself how to edit when a producer wouldn't produce my music, I taught myself how to produce on Fruity Loops. When they wouldn't record me, I bought Pro Tools and learned it myself. So when they told me I'm not gonna get the role for these Will Smith movies and these da 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 da's, I'm going to do it myself. Okay. You know, I'm on set playing five jobs, being director, editor, and, and, and actor, mm-hmm. but the hard work is gonna pay off because at the end of the day, I believe in myself. You know what and I'm saying? And would you wanna sign a major label deal if somebody came at you or are you feeling like you're making too much I know you've said that, nah. but have things changed? Somebody might come at you, but some type of partnership. I remember they offered you a, a wild check a couple of years ago. They yeah. offered me a, a wild check, but y'all got to understand, while everybody was saying, who's going to sign them and who's going to... Y'all got to understand, that year, I signed probably the biggest deal that year, like as far as just distribution, and on a distribution independent arm. My was $18.7 million that I signed for 22 months of distribution. Not of major label obligations mm-hmm. of distribution. <laughs> I don't need to so play this game with y'all. Right? Like you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying. I, I don't need to. I don't need to play this game with y'all because I'm silently gonna do what I do. Mm-hmm. Sorry I, for what? <laughs> Are you good at apologizing? If I have to, yeah. And I know when I when I need to apologize. I'm not a. Dead. I'm not somebody who, you know, can't apologize or like doesn't know when he's wrong. Like you know, I know when I be wrong, and and when I'm wrong, I can take up for it for sure. And I gotta ask this: How's your hair holding up? I was gonna say you gotta apologize to our camera guy. Last time we I do apologize to you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he got the crazy one, like yo. But because I, I was so sincere when I was telling him, like yo, you come over that camera. <laughs> nah, but but all up, nah, but it's it's good. Um, I'm actually, 
you know what's crazy, Angela? Like, I'm trying something brand new right now, and it's it's not into full form for like formatation, but <laughs> it's not in full form. Yet. <laughs> but I've been dealing with these things, but I've been dealing with them for a reason. <laughs> because me, I am gonna be what is like the Messiah of black people and colored people getting their hair back. <laughs> so is this the medical this thing out. you're nah, working feel on? Me. Just feel me I for a second, take bro. Can y'all feel me? But you're not it's, ready to take that my hat. I'm not in a good hair day right, right now. Right. I still need to brush my shit. I woke up and just came here. All right. All right. But look, I'm going to grow my hair, right? But I'm doing it with a product that I've created. I talk to the African ladies, the Haitian ladies, the, African ladies, the, the Dominican ladies, <laughs> everything. And, I, and, I, and I've learned that all of the things for your hair that you need like naturally for your hair to grow are in the earth. I don't know the name for it yet. It's a game changer. But I promise you guys, I'm coming back with the cream in the in the stuff that's gonna make your <laughs> okay. hair come back, and it's gonna and you're gonna know it's authentic because y'all seen y'all seen the patch head, y'all seen this okay. that I had to go through. You feel me? Right. You, and it'd be good for our edges too. I know you like the edges, edges. Everything. That's the whole thing. If it you got to you and work for Charlemagne. I believe it. <laughs> it's gonna work for Charlemagne, and that's that's insane. Because he's tried everything. Yeah, he tried everything. He got like the Robocop. I got him. Here, like the George. Nah, I got him. Okay, I got him. And you know what else is crazy? That that's another thing I wanted to say on the medical side. The doctor that did that did my hair originally and showed me like, you know, yo, you can do hair restoration and stuff like that. I'm actually going to team up with him and we're going to bring hair restoration down to Miami to the medical stuff that I was telling you about. Okay. okay. So yeah, so I'll be like one of the first hip hop artists to bring hair restoration, like in real reality, like mm -hmm. with the machines and the doctors and, and actually, yeah, like help people really get their edges back without their cream and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Oh, the cream man. will be secondary. You feel this me? This is a game changer for a lot of you guys I'm out here. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. It's like a BBL for men. Like <laughs> Shut up, man. Sorry for what is out tomorrow. Which one to play? Which one to get into? <laughs> Whatever you want. Play the A-Boogie one. The one bro call with A-Boogie. Okay, well, let's get into it right now. It's Tory Lanez. We appreciate you for joining us. The album's out tomorrow. Thank you, bro. All love. Thank y'all. And it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's about time. What's going on? Yo. Yo. Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is the Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, this has really turned into a story about Danny Lay uh, doing Wildin' Out and requesting that B. Simone not be present when she filmed. So here's what B. Simone had to say in response to all of that while she was on Tamron Hall. Is it true they took you off the show? You know what? I'm going to answer that very simply. It is true, but we're going to have grace for that situation. Mm -hmm. um, I don't agree with it, but I understand it, especially, you know, she's not that mature. So we're just going to have grace for her and move forward. Wow. All right. I didn't know Tamron did that yesterday. That was fast. Yeah, she wasn't playing. Mm -hmm. All right, Lonnie Love went on social media. Here again, producers are at fault for this. They gave no loyalty for a regular cast member who shows That's up right. for them. If you are a regular on a show, guests either come on or not. There are plenty others that would love to fill the spot. I yeah. literally said and that yesterday. I said that yesterday. I, like, that is that is the producer's fault because B, B. Simone is there every day. She's a regular cast member, and you choose an artist over me? I'd feel a way if I was B. Simone. Yeah, and that's what I said yesterday. I said that people are saying Danny Layton, but if Danny Layton and B. Simone don't get along and Danny Layton says, no, I don't feel comfortable, the show should have said, well, if you don't want her here, well, then you just don't come. Like, you're right. B. Simone been doing that show for how many episodes? A zillion. They didn't show no loyalty to I, her. I, and I don't care who the artist is. I don't care if it's Danny Lay or, you know, somebody bigger than Danny Lay. You have to show loyalty to the person that's there for you all the time, which is the, the member of the cast. 
All right, well, here's what Danny Lay had to say on her behalf as people were, you know, going at her and you heard B. Simone say that she was immature. So the situation, I just feel like from the jump, it was never a demand. I don't know why the blogs are seeding it out to put it out that I demanded B. Simone not to be on Wild and Out. Wasn't the case. Wild and Out asked me. I love Wild and Out shows. I always supported Nick. I've always supported the comedians. Um on the show so you know me and b simone are not cool so i just my team asked if it's cool she doesn't do the episode that i do respectfully it was never anything to be like i'm a diva i don't want i thought it'd be more mature to have us not sitting next to each other on a show making it mad awkward and uncomfortable all also, right Danny now Lee she also never had that option like this should have never been she an option for her. She also goes on to... to say that she saw text messages between the baby and B Simone in the past, but she never mentioned it. And she said she is handling this situation maturely because she's not putting all that information out there and keeping it to herself. And she also said that B Simone made a whole diss song about her. And here's that song that she speaks of. Let me hear it. Diamonds on pneumonia, yeah, it's silent, but I'm pushing P. No, I don't want your baby daddy, swear I'm way too P. Relax, I'm way too G. Plus, I'm trying to keep the peace. Don't get loud, have a seat. You are BM number three, number three. <laughs> Has Danny Lay ever seen Wildin' Up? Like, B. Simone would have did that type of freestyle towards her on that stage. That's what this, that's what this show is. I mean, I guess it's also the text messages that she says that she saw probably paid a part in that also. But she's not even with the baby you know, no more. Uh, this was at the time. This was not now, though. This is when she was. They just finished taping. They just taped a month ago. Oh, I thought this they, is they when literally... she was on with him. Oh, I thought they just finished taping. They just finished taping like a month ago while enough. They taped all last month. I thought I thought that was the recent season. I thought this was seasons. an old episode that they were talking about. Oh, I didn't know. I know that I know that they just finished taping uh two seasons. I think they taped seasons nineteen and twenty. And and like, fact, dropping the clues bomb for a while and out, by the way. Twenty years. Yeah. That's the, yeah, the upcoming seasons in nineteen and twenty. I thought Does they anybody just know? Is this over. is this a new episode or is this something old that they you, just you came back you, up? This your rumor report. <laughs> I don't know. And like you I said, mean this whole time I thought they were talking about something that happened before. Not the whole time. I, yeah, I thought it was new. But the only reason I thought it was new because they just literally, I mean, when I say they literally just finished taping, they just finished taping Wilding Out like last week. And like you said, Charlamagne, they shouldn't have the option. I mean, behind the scenes, you know how many times uh, labels, publicists, or anybody hit us and say, hey, this artist wants to come, but you can't ask this question, or you can't do that, or you can't say this, or you can't talk about that. And we either say, no, we're going to talk about what we want to talk about it, or we just decline the interview. Mm-hmm. And we, that's happened to a bunch of big interviewers, big artists that's supposed to come up here. We just said no. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, maybe they did take one recently. She's been on before, though. So I don't know if this is from the past or whatever. But she's been on in 2019. And then she also was on, I guess, recently. Yeah, they just finished know. taping. Like, they just taped a whole month and uh, I think they were in Atlanta. Atlanta. They did two seasons, seasons 19 and 20. When I, when, I, when I say they literally just finished like last week, they literally just finished mm-hmm. like last week. Yeah, so she made her second appearance on Wildin' Out, and she said she didn't want to film her episode with B. Simone. So, okay. All right, so there it is. So I guess this is from the second episode? I'm not sure. But um, speaking of the baby, he reacted to his, fir- his uh, first week's sales forecast for his new album, Baby on Baby 2. He posted on social media, not bad for the blackballed baby, because it was an article that Baby on Baby 2 is on pace to sell 16,000 units in the first week. So 
I guess he is saying he's black, but I know Envy, you said that as we were talking to Tory Lanez. Yeah, I said it to Tory Lanez. You got the uh, play. Jonathan was always good with the numbers. Won't worry about that class, but math class. Looking at the digging that I ran yeah, past. It's only my digging, I'm a damn yeah, ass. And I ain't trying to change not a goddamn thing about me for you. Or you to kiss my damn ass. Even at the Grammys, y'all let my local pants say. Yeah, I said that the Tory Lanez, it seems like people, you know, want to hate on the baby. Don't want to play his records. Don't want to support him. Not talking about him. Tory said I was bugging, but obviously you can see it's true. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss E. Charlamagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Man, four after the hour, man. We need to uh <laughs> we need to have a brother named Ashef. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He needs to come to the front of the congregation. Uh we would like to have a word with him because he just proved a whole lot of people right. We'll discuss. All right, we'll get to that next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Our audible pick of the day is monsters and how to tame them. Hear Kevin Hart's hilarious and smart advice on low self-esteem. Start listening when you sign up for a free 30-day trial at the home of storytelling. Audible.com slash breakfast club. You are a donkey. It's time for donkey of the day. Donkey of the day, huh? I'm going to fatten all that shit around your eye. They want this man to throw them blows, man. They wait for Charlemagne to tap these gloves. Let's go. They had to make a judgment of who was going to be on the donkey of the day. They chose you. Yes. The breakfast club, bitches. Who's donkey of the day today? Yes, donkey of the day for Thursday, September 29th goes to a man named Ashef. Uh, our chef is a registered sex offender from Chicago. He, along with other convicted sex offenders, were featured on a Vice documentary that was chronicling the story of convicted sex offenders who said they have had to serve additional time in prison, or what they call dead time, because of the restrictive housing laws that prohibit them from living in many areas of the country. I never heard of um, dead time, and this is why documentaries are important, because they are really good sources of information. Our chef served six years of dead time in prison on top of his initial sentence of nine years behind bars after being convicted of forcing oral sex on a woman and penetrating her with his fingers when he was just 15 years old. Now, in Illinois, convicted sex offenders who are, are, are legally required to put their names on a registry, and they're often banned from obtaining housing in areas near schools, daycares, and playgrounds, which keeps them from living in highly populated areas that could offer places of employment. Now, I need you to follow me with this story because it's a thing, right? That's why they made the documentary. Advocates for prison reform claim that sex offenders are unjustly punished even after being locked up. But on the other side... Supporters of the rules governing registry say that the measures are necessary to mitigate the risk posed by convicted sex offenders in the community. So one topic, two sides. In the documentary, the narrator says, in Illinois, if you can't find a house that meets the rules, you stay in prison. Our chef told Vice that he was sent back to prison because he couldn't find housing that would accept a parolee and a convicted felon. Our chef was released from re, our chef was released from prison with just a bus ticket, and he got to make it on his own with no ID and no family. He was also required to wear an ankle monitor to track his movements. He also told Vice that he has filled out some 50 job applications and walked into 20 places and asked if they were looking for workers, and he hasn't had no success. Okay, Aisha said he is open 
and willing to work anywhere, doing almost anything that can put some money in his pocket and allow him to pay his rent and be self-sufficient. One of the main reasons he needs to make money is that he needs to pay a $100 fee to even register as a sex offender, okay? Aishif clearly doesn't have the money, and he said that if he cannot afford the expenses that come with traveling to and from a special class that is required for sex offenders, then he is in danger of going back to prison simply because he can't afford the fees associated with his post-release requirements. Wow. Now I know what you might be wondering. Uh, well, why the hell is Aishif getting donkey of the day? Uh, I see some people saying Vice clearly has made a piece that makes some folks feel sympathetic to reintegrating sex offenders into society. That's part of it. But to me, this doc is more about the judicial system and how the judicial system does continue to punish people even after serving their incarceration. But I tell you this, if you did have sympathy for uh, Aishif, if you find yourself on Aisha's side, if you find yourself on the side of the prison reform advocates that say sex offenders are unjustly punished and you are frowning at the people who say the measures are necessary to mitigate the risk posed by convicted sex offenders, well, then you might rethink uh, that stance. Why, Uncle Charlotte? What did he do? Well, let's go back to this one part of the Vice Doc to find out. Hey, we all out here in this world and we all got to make it happen and ain't nothing stopping me. So, like, I'm very hopeful and confident. After this interview, Ashif sent a picture of his penis to our producer. Black. That was that was Ashif, uh, you know, talking about, you know, how he's still going to push through. Uh, can we can we play it again, please? Hey, we all out here in this world, and we all got to make it happen. And ain't nothing stopping me. So like, I'm very hopeful and confident. After this interview, Ashif sent a picture of his penis to our producer. Mm -mm. He sent a picture of his penis to the producer, a rehab sex offender. And I put rehabbed in air quotes, who's on a vice doc speaking about being unjustly punished, knowing that there is people out there who say these rules that are unjustly punishing you are not unjust because they mitigate the risk that sex offenders pose. That man sent a penis pic to the producer of said documentary, which, by the way, is a crime in Chicago. It's called cyber flashing and it's illegal in Chicago by city ordinance. OK. He claimed through his lawyer that the photo was sent by mistake. I don't know if it was really sent by mistake, but it was indeed a mistake, a mistake that makes it bad for everyone who is getting treated unjustly by the judicial system because it makes all the people who support the law say, see, these are the risks that sex offenders pose because this guy is sending pics to a producer on a dock that's actually trying to help. Some donkey of the days just sell themselves. Please give this man Ashif the sweet sounds of the Hamiltons. After this interview, and you are, you the, are the donkey <laughs> of the day. You, you are, are the donkey of the day. Hee-haw. Mm, 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 mm. mm. You want to play a game? No, Envy. I will not. You want to play a game? Okay, I guess we could play a game of guess, guess what, what races. All right, give my clues. <laughs> His name is Ashif. Black uh, Chef. <laughs> damn, damn, damn! Oh God! All right, and DJ Envy says Black uh, Angelie. His name is Ashif. He he's a registered sex offender from Chicago. Uh, he was on this documentary. And he sent a, a picture of his penis 
to uh, the producer of said doc. Guess what? Racist! Uh, he's African-American, but damn, I will say I already have seen the story. So in all fairness, I saw this on social media and I already know. I, it wasn't on purpose. I just <clears throat> happened to have seen it already. Yeah, okay. Well, both of you are correct. And we saw it already, too. Mm, not in. What, the picture? No, I didn't see the picture. Oh, you didn't I, see the story? No, I just heard his name, my chief. <laughs> I thought you talked about the penis picture. Could be anything. No, I didn't see the penis picture. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today, sir. Yes, indeed. Now, when we come back, Noah Kerner will be joining us. He's from Acorns. He's the owner of Acorns. He's the CEO of Acorns. But by the way, colorful background, because he also was a DJ for J-Lo when he was a teenager. And now he has Acorns, which is a great investing app. Um, they have that roundup feature that people love. So you can learn more about that. As you know, financial wellness is important to all of us. All right. So we'll get to that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Who we got? The CEO of Acorns, Noah Kerner. Welcome. Or DJ Noah. Oh, you're the DJ for J-Lo, right? Yeah. Okay. You said right like you remember like back in the day. You would see him behind no J-Lo. I did. Shut up, man. He used to be in the Bronx all the time. He was never in the Bronx. He was definitely in the Bronx. He's the one who coined the term Jenny from the Bronx. That's right. Jenny from the block. block, Or whatever. Jenny from the Bronx. Bronx. He used to do block parties. Right, Noah? Right. See? (laughs) He's never seen you before. Yes, I have. He built the ark. (laughs) Yo, shut up, man. So, Noah, how did you get into... You started off as a DJ. So how did you get into DJ? I was a, I grew up in the city downtown mm-hmm. on, the, on the east side. Um, I was a public school kid, mm-hmm. you know, just surrounded by it. And I got I got into it just by watching it. I was fascinated by it. I loved I loved the beats mostly. That was that, that was for me. And I just got turntables when I was thirteen. Um, it was drums or turntables. My father said turntables probably makes more sense. We were in like an eight hundred square foot apartment, so drums probably would have been too crazy and loud and loud. So I got turntables and just started like committing myself to it for two years. I locked myself in my bedroom every night, watched all the battle tapes. I watched Qbert, I you know, Scratch, Hubert, mm-hmm. Premier, Scratch. all these guys. Mm-hmm. Right. And and just and just kept working at it. And then, you know, mostly my friends thought I was gonna be terrible. Um, so that meant I had to be great at it. So mm-hmm. so by sixteen I was I started doing nightclubs and that was that was it. That was the journey. Not How'd even you old enough J-Lo? to drink, but going to the clubs and DJing. Exactly. Uh, Benny Medina, her manager. Mm-hmm. So I was doing a lot of clubs and parties, and, and, and then I started doing some parties for her, and then I, I she, she had me join her band to, to play shows. And how was that? How was that experience? It was in the country. It was incredible. Um, that and touring with other people, it was incredible to see kind of what America looked like, because I was a city kid. I didn't really know anything else about... America so I got to see how how America is um, and that was the beginning for me of like of understanding how how this country works how you know the, the conditions people are in um, so that was that was a really interesting experience were you familiar with DJ Envy a little bit a little bit but I, <laughs> but I was you don't gotta lie no. <laughs> no, no. you don't have to no, lie a little bit. I'm a New York legend <laughs> yeah 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 he's yeah. That's, clear. that's the bubble we're clearly in. not yeah, New, York, New, York, New York legend I don't know if you know I'm in the Radio Hall of Fame. I don't know if you know. You know DJ Clue? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No hesitation. No, 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 that's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. 
I see what you did. That's, that's not age. right. That's, that's, right. Clue, that's cool, son. That's more of his age group, though. That's cool, like, when he grew up on Clue. Clue's on your age. No, he's not. He's older than me. Who's like 47, bro? That wasn't fair. That wasn't fair. That wasn't fair what you did there. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is Clue put interview on, though. Oh, he did? Yeah, yeah. He learned okay. how to DJ from Clue. Yeah. Oh, now you don't want to give Clue no, credit? No, he's been waiting for the, waiting for the stab. There's no stab. I'm waiting for the stab. Yeah, so did, did me and Clue grew up on the same block. In Queens, he taught me how to do. Did you always know that you had? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, did you always know that you were gonna go to college? Because being successful at such a young age, you could have just said, "Let me just do this DJing thing. It's working for me. I I don't need to go to college." I felt like I had to. It was the thing in my house. Like I felt like everything was working toward college. So, Mm -hmm. so I did. Yeah. What school did you go to? Cornell. Oh, you went to Cornell. Yeah. And now, how did you get? uh, When did you stop DJing for J Lo and started getting into Acorns and investing? Or did you not stop? Or do you still DJ for J Lo? I'm just he curious. Still DJ I did. For J-Lo. I'm just I, curious. Well, I, so I started my first company at 21. Um, when I was in, in in school, I did a bunch of internships, and I realized I wouldn't be good at working for people. Mm-hmm. So I started writing my first business plan for for the first company at at, at 21 in college, and then that. But I was still DJing through like 24, 25 years old. So while I was while I was doing that and building, and it was a good ca- kind of balance, right? Mm-hmm. Like having. Having the stuff in the day where I was where I was building a business and then being creative at night and that that, that was a good balance for for me. I like I felt. What like. was your first business? I was a hip. It was the first one stop shop for hip hop on okay. the web. Yeah. So we sold everything, vinyl, fashion. What's the kinds. name of it? One level. One level. How did it do? It did okay. It did okay. We ended up shutting it down. It was in the middle of the dot com kind of bubble, so we ended up shutting it down. That was a great experience. Um, you know, it was a painful experience, but it was a great experience. Like I didn't, I, I, I didn't imagine that I would, f- what can do what I considered failing, and, um, and that was hard to go through. But that prepared it, kind of thickened my skin, mm-hmm. and prepared me for the for the things I was going to build in the future. And I, you know, twenty one year old kid like built, raising money, building a business, it was tough. Um, so you raised but, money for that. Yeah, yeah. How did so that was through your business plan? You presented that to people and were able to get investors. Yeah. How yeah. much money did you raise? Like a million bucks. A That's million. insane. At 21? That's great. When we went to raise the next round of funding, the world had shut down. Um, so I was sitting there in this, we had hired 15, 20 people. We were, you know, we were building this thing and I was sitting there and I, I realized I had to shut it down. And that was I, like, I probably stayed extra long because um, of the commitment and feeling of responsibility, especially to the investors who I ended up paying back later um, when I sold my first company, second company, sorry. Um, but that that was a really formative experience. Like instead of going to business school or anything like that, like I felt like um, building something at a young age was was um, was a good was a good way to to build that muscle and 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 do it like you know um, in the real world. What was your steps to get that money? Because most people, especially in our community, black and Latino, they say they would never be able to get a million dollars from anybody. So how were you able to get that million dollars at age twenty one? in a new business the dot com world like yeah by the way I said that too I said I would never be able to raise anything it was, it was, like I didn't and I didn't come from money mm-hmm. I just called everybody I I knew I, I co-founded it with, with a few people we, 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 we knocked on every door we reached out to everybody you know it was just kind of going and going and going and it was mostly friends and family and then some bankers and things like this but I didn't think I could raise a dollar either it wasn't you know um, I didn't have any experience doing it mm-hmm my parents didn't come from money, so it, you know it, it was really about just persistence. Mm-hmm. What was the second business that you said that was successful because you sold it? Yeah. And before you get to that, I just want to yeah. ask you: How do you know when it's time to shut a business down? Because a lot of times you feel like this is something I'm passionate about. Maybe I just need to change this or restructure. Yeah. But when do you decide this just isn't working? When you can't pay the rent. 
mm-hmm. there was there was literally no more money, so we had to shut it. We had to sh- we had to shut it down. Right. I could, you know, um, so that that was that was it. Like I, I which I think is a, I talk to people a lot about that. Like, how do you know when the right time to move on? Because persistence is so important. Mm-hmm. So how do you know? I th- I think th- for me it was I just can't afford to pay the rent. Right. Anymore. You know. It's just not doable. Yeah, We're getting not, evicted. Yeah. <laughs> but I was I was so committed to it that I couldn't stop until I literally couldn't stop. Right. Um, and what was the second business? So that was, the, it, it was called Noise. And um, it started actually in music, which was what I knew. We were helping labels and artists break out into into new medium and new, and new environments. But then we caught the attention of corporate America and, and it became the leading product development and marketing agency for the young adult space. So we get hired basically by everybody to build new products, marketing campaigns, et cetera. Um, and that did well, you know, that did well. And that, that was, I really cut my teeth, like building, hiring, managing, um, learning how to operate. It was always, I never, you know, I didn't know what I was, what I was doing. In fact, that's been a through line in my career. Like everything I take on, I don't actually have experience in. And that sense of being uncomfortable, um, being comfortable in the uncomfortable, it's a little bit of a weird fetish, but it's something that works for you. It works for me. All right, we got more with Noah Kerner when we come back from Acorns, the CEO. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. JNV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with the CEO of Acorns, Noah Kerner. Yee. Yeah, I mean, listen, I know that we've talked about Acorns up here before we even um, knew you as the CEO of Acorns, and a lot of people have said this has actually helped them. Now, in a time like this where people are kind of scared to invest because they might look at the stock market, because we've been talking long-term a lot, and be like, okay, it's down. What do you have to say to people who are like, I've never done this before, I'm scared to do this? I mean, I think everybody's scared to do it for the first time. I was scared to do it for the first time, but when the market's down, that's the bet. When the market's down and when it's volatile, particularly when it's down, it's on sale. Mm-hmm. I don't think people, you know, people under. So, so when the market, the market was, the, the Dow is thirty six thousand. It's down now thirty one thousand something. That's the best time to invest. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you were in the market and you lost some money, you you should never pull out. You should stick with it because if you look back in history, every downturn in history has ended in an upturn. If you pull out your money, then you locked in your losses. Right. If you stuck with it, ultimately. Right. You know, there's no guarantees, but every every moment in history shows that the market continues to go up. So your money will go back up. You will not have lost money. And if you can, you should in, you should you should double down when it's down because it's on sale. Now, how much does it cost for acorns for people who are like, all right, this sounds interesting. I want to get my feet wet, yeah. you know, and jump in. Uh, how much is it for people to join? We have we have three tiers. We have three dollars a month. Five. We have three dollars a month, five dollars a month. And then there's a, a, a feature called acorns assist, which is a dollar a month. Mm-hmm. So for if you're if you're having economic hardship, well, I know a lot of people that are actually are into Acorn, and it helps a lot of people. I'm, I'm, I got to get my kids into Acorn. I know they have a, a children's program, so I think they'll really really benefit from it. What group of people are the least likely to invest? Would you say? Because I know women. I've always heard that women invest a lot less than men do, and are a lot more nervous about that. Yeah, we, it, it, women are, are are more risk averse when it comes to investing. Mm-hmm. Um, th- they'll tend to save more. So we do a lot of work to try to get, you know, try to get women to invest. Obviously, Acorns is built for everybody, but 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 women tend to be a little more risk averse. Why do you think that is? I think it's probably just the way society works and how you know the constructs people that there are and how people um, how people develop confidence or how people are raised, things like this. It's, I think you know it, it's unfortunate because the truth is, the sooner everybody starts investing, the better off you'll be, and so. 
men, women, every, everybody should be investing as soon as possible. I don't really, I, I don't know, I don't know exactly why. Mm-hmm. I just, I just know it's, a, it's an issue we have to confront. Why, uh, why didn't y'all go public in January like y'all supposed to? Because the markets were tough, mm-hmm. really tough. So we ended up staying private and we did a private round. It was a really rough time. I think the companies that are public, companies that went public, have struggled a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad we were we were able to not do that. Is there a plan to go public in the future? Still, I know you guys did your yeah. Yeah, we'd love to go. We'd love to go public. I mean, for us, being in control of our destiny, you know, and 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 being a public company, I think will be powerful for us. So we would love to do it. Right now, it's tough. Mm-hmm. The markets are tough. So we're gonna stay private. We're gonna keep building, investing in product development. Um, but but in in you know, at some point we will. We our intention is to go public. How does the kids plan work? Just so people know, they might be listening, saying, I want to get my kids started to invest as soon as possible. It takes like 30 seconds. So there's a there's an account called Acorns Early. Um, within 30 seconds, you can open it up for you, for, for one kid or, or all your kids. You can automatically contribute. You can start as early as birth. There's some tax advantages to it. It's really, it's, it's, an, it's an amazing thing. I mean, I, I, one, um, one dream I have is like, is, is every family opening this up for their kids is at birth mm-hmm. because it would change the future. You know, like our, a lot of our emphasis going forward is going to be on family and kids. There's just, it's just so, it, it, it's tough if you're in your 40s and your 50s, you can start saving, you start saving and investing spare change. It's a really good thing to do. But doubling down for your kids and doing it as soon as they're, as soon as they're born or one or two or three Plus, given the, the power of compounding and the earlier you start, the better off you are. Mm-hmm. There's an incredible stat. Like, like, so if you started doing $5 a day for your kid at birth, by 65, they would have $4.5 million at, a, at an average 8% compound rate. Mm-hmm. If you started at 21, it would be much, much, much less than that. It would be like a million five. So the earlier you can start, the more powerful it is. And we want to get kids started as early, you know, as, and, and get parents investing in their kids as early as early as possible. What about people who feel like they're in debt and they don't have money to invest? What advice would you give them? Because I remember feeling like I got these student loans I have to pay off. I have to pay my rent. I have to pay my bills. I have to get to work every day. I have to eat. I just don't have any extra money left over. I have credit card bills. I, I, we, I always say pay off the high interest stuff as soon as you can. Um, you know, Focus on the credit card, the high interest credit card debt if you can. But because um, debt is so tough, and, and I think it really impacts people's emotions mm-hmm. and, and it, it, it kind of brings you down. Like if you, even if you can do a little bit of spare change, invest a little bit to bring hope into the picture, to give a little bit of optimism, it, it's a little counterintuitive and a financial advisor would not, you know, they would say pay down all your debt first, mm-hmm. but paying down your debt and being saddled with, with, with debt is really upsetting. And so to have some hope and a little bit of optimism is great. So I think investing a tiny bit alongside of paying your high interest debt down is a good strategy for people to balance, not just functionally, but emotionally. Money problems are at the root of divorce, domestic mm-hmm. violence, mm-hmm. abuse, depression, all these things. So, so, so I like to approach it from the perspective of the emotional side of things. Obviously, it's a functional thing. We all, you know, people need money. But you need to consider the impact it has on people's lives and, 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 and how they so 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 it's it's easy to say, well, you should pay off all your high interest debt, but you can spend 40 years doing that. Right. And that's 40 years of being depressed mm-hmm. about debt and not having anything saved and not having any sense of hope and optimism and something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, I think I, I, I think it's, it's important to have that balance. Right. All right. Well, we appreciate you for joining us and. 
you know, we've been talking about uh, acorns up here for a while now. So I've been trying to get Noah to come you. up here. I'm like, Noah, when can we get you on the Breakfast Club? So I'm excited that you you came through to talk to us. I appreciate you having me on the show. Well, thank much. you so thank much. You. Thank you. Noah Kerner. Thank you, Noah. Thank, thank you, Noah. Appreciate it's it. The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Catch Power 105.1. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Our audible pick of the day is The Sandman Act 3. This iconic graphic novel written by Neil Gaiman is now an all-star audio experience. Start listening when you sign up for a free 30-day trial at the home of storytelling. Audible.com slash breakfast club. It's just in. All the gossip. gossip. The Rumor Report. Gossip. With Angela, Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. All right, well, Toothy is talking about taking a break from social media, and he's upset. Apparently, you know, he cheated on his girlfriend. They just had a baby together. Their son is five months old. And he said, F this fame-ish, y'all could keep it. He said, this ish lame. People love you, then they hate you. And he said he should have just kept his music to himself like I did in the beginning to cope with my problems and to my son. I love you, man. I won't be nothing like what my dad was to my mom. I love your mom and she know that my intention's pure, but the world paint this effed up image of an N-word like I'm supposed to be perfect and it's a relief to let people know that he's not. Here's what else he had to say. And at the end of the day, like, I make music. When y'all think of me, I want y'all to think of the music. Um and enjoy the music, and I just want to be an artist. I don't want to be just in a relationship or even like to the fan pages that's out there that got all the fan pages, the mashup fan pages of me and Shorty. I don't lie, like I really wish y'all would take that, take it down. That relationship, like when y'all look at my hashtag, my hashtag Tusi, the hashtag Tusi used to be nothing but my music. Yo, you go to my hashtag now, look at this shit. It's dead ass like me and her. Don't like that. Well, sadly, in a perfect world, it would be where it's just about the music. But with social media and, you know, the the the, the, the direct-to-consumer, artist-to-fan relationship, they want a lot more of your personal life. And, I mean, hell, we giving it to him. I mean, he's online right now explaining, talking to people. That's what people want. They want more of you personally, sadly. Right. And he also said that he stepped away from posting his relationship and having a relationship. You know, he just wants people to think of his music, and he just wants to be an artist. So... I'm not sure all of the details of what happened, but on his page, it says Tusi will no longer be on social media for a while. He wants his fans to know he loves them and that he hopes you all are still friends. He says he's fine. He just wants to clear his head and that everyone should take breaks sometimes. He also dropped a surprise song, and that song is called The Last Song. Also, I'm 44 years old, and I can never remember a time where people just cared about you know, your music or your movies or whatever it is that no. you did. They, they always cared about people's personal life. Absolutely. That's what, tabloid, that's what tabloids were before social media. Absolutely. All right, now R. Kelly has been ordered also, to Also, black men don't cheat. <laughs> okay? That's, not, that's just not a statement. Those are instructions. Don't cheat. Nothing good comes from it. All right? Okay, yeah, because there's been a lot going on with y'all. <laughs> All right, now, R. Kelly has been ordered to pay over $300,000 to one of his alleged sex abuse victims to cover the cost of her herpes and her psychological treatments. Now, this victim is identified only as Jane, and she's going to get that money to cover all of that. And she had to seek out mental health care as a result of the abuse that she faced. The order hasn't been finalized yet, but the U.S. Attorney's Office has confirmed to Complex that the judge ruled that R. Kelly has to pay Jane and another victim identified as Stephanie. Jeez. And Con- 
And Kanye West is explaining why Kris Jenner is his Instagram profile picture. Some people thought he was about to go back in on her, but apparently he was uh, paying homage to her. He said, post it, Kris, with thoughts of peace and respect. Let's change the narrative. So the reason why that's his avatar is, I guess, now out of love. Oh, and Chris he also Jen is has also hired- a gangster too. Okay, don't 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 get that twisted. I saw that last week. Uh, you know, on on hell of a week when, you know, there was things she didn't want in that Ray J interview, and those things did not end up in that interview. That Chris I, but, Jenner, she 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 she's a, she's she's a gangster. I meant and to ask. Want no problems. How does she even know what was in the, um in the interview? Like, what, how how does she even know? Because I guess you have, you know, TV executives, and I guess you have, you know, networks who already don't want the problems because they know her reputation, <laughs> you know? So it was like anything that could possibly offend the Jenner Kardashian clan, uh, you know, can't be in there. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe you should service the uncensored clip somewhere else. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not, why, why would I make myself liable? If they're telling me that it could be liable, Is it that why would I bad? make myself liable? I didn't think so, but, you know, people sue for less nowadays. Okay, so because it's all allegations, it's a possible lawsuit. Um, I mean, I guess. I mean, they're saying it's allegations, but I mean, as Ray J said on the show, you know, if 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 what he's saying isn't true, how come he hasn't been sued yet? So, who knows? All right, now Kanye has also hired his sixth divorce lawyer in his ongoing split from Kim Kardashian. So now he has another lawyer, <laughs> uh, Robert Stephen Cohen, who's out of New York City, and. Uh, he has a new legal team. This has all been over the past like year and a half. We'll see what happens this time if mm-hmm. they can finalize things. All right. And that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, People's Choice mixes up next. Get your request oh, in. Oh, 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 speaking of hell of a week, I just want to tell everybody tune in tonight, 1130 p.m. on Comedy Central, right after The Daily Show. That's my late night talk show. We got a great show for you tonight. Uh, our guy Kenya Barris will be joining us, as well as uh, Jason Lee and Yamanika Sanders. So uh, tune in tonight, 1130 p.m., right after The Daily Show on Comedy Central. All right. The mix is up next. Let's go. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Our audible pick of the day is Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. This adventure is about one astronaut's race to save the world. Start listening by signing up for a free 30-day trial at the home of storytelling. Audible.com slash breakfast club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. All right. Now, um, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? I do, and I just want to remind everybody again, man, make sure you tune in to Hell of a Week tonight at 11.30 p.m. on Comedy Central. That's my late-night talk show. comes on right after the Daily Show uh, on Thursday night, so check us out. And if you don't check us out live on Comedy Central, make sure you scream us on Paramount+. Plus. Now, the positive note is simply this. Value anyone who supports you with nothing to gain from it. I said value anyone who supports you with nothing to gain from it. That's rare nowadays. Breakfast Club, bitches! Are y'all finished or y'all done? I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again and getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before and we're bringing you along with us with new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to a Cross Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 